Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I am your diehard romantic Eric Blood. (laughs) And I'm your devoted lover. Can't think of anything dramatic to do. There it was, Elenito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight... Popping the cork on <laughs> some vintage hearts. I thought you forgot the, forgot the title. <laughs> Tonight. Uh, we will get into the uh we'll get into that cask after we try to sum up the plot of this episode in 60 seconds or less in our Minute Max segment. Which I think do I start this one? Shit. I think you do. Because Ellen was Ellen started last time, right? Mm-hmm. All right, vintage hearts. The hearts have a wine uh, with their partner, <laughs> uh, Cabri. It's called Heart Cabri, and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. And uh, their distribution people are switching the labels on Heart Cabri with Chateau Saint Clair, which is a fine wine from France that's ten times more expensive than the Hearts wine. So they're selling the cheap wine for 10 times as much and keeping the profits. Um, And in order to keep doing that, they shoot this young guy. (laughs) 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 And then when uh, Mr. Cabri discovers that the, the wine that he thought was the French wine was actually the hearts wine. They shoot him too. And then the hearts slowly figure it out. And at a party, (laughs) They wait until <laughs> Raymond, their distribution guy, it literally cracks under the pressure, and then Jonathan jumps on him, and they all win. Yay. Wow. <laughs> nice, nicely done. <laughs> you pretty much got I everything. Think I got I think. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm good. I'm gonna tap out. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric's Caftan. Thanks for doing that. Is it me or Ellen? It's you. Oh, okay. Nice try, Joe. <laughs> I needed one more round. Vintage hearts. The hearts own a vineyard or they collaborated with a guy who has a vineyard to make a brand of wine that's being switched out. The labels are being switched by a woman who's very much like Cruella DeVille and her partner. And they're switching labels and selling the wine for more expensive. And the hearts find out pretty much immediately in the first scene, actually, they drink one of the wine bottles and then a different one. And they're like, Hmm, something's not right. This is the exact same wine. So they enlist, uh, or they talk to Capri and he's thinking the same thing, but he has to meet with them. He finds out he drinks one bottle after the other and finds out that it is true. That's the same wine. And then he gets shot. And then the hearts enlist, uh, a food critic who wants to like taste Jennifer, I think was the joke, which is kind of weird and gross. And Mm -hmm. they, he, yeah, they they have a big party where they have everyone taste the wine and then everyone taste some of the other wine. And that's how they reveal that these are, the, even though Jonathan knew, and then they get in a fight and they win. That was horrible. I'm very scattered on this one because the sequence of events was very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused about it again. <laughs> very subtle. <laughs> I'm actually not confused. It takes a more refined palate. It's a very refined <laughs> to order for this episode. <laughs> there weren't many um, major. Oh, I forgot the one thing I wanted to mention. I forgot. Fuck. Okay. I'll mention it afterwards. Well, Ellen might take care of it. Yeah. I might not though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
vintage hearts. So the hearts are all like, hey, Giorgio Capri, the person that we make this wine that you, any, nobody ever heard of before this episode, mm -hmm. um, you're retiring. And he's like, yes, I am with my mysterious accent. And they're like, oh, we're going to meet with Dumont Distributors, which is uh, Cruella de Vil, also known as Celeste Dumont, and Raymond Dumont, who looks weirdly like he could be her sibling. But they don't get into that part. So um, they are switching the labels and counterfeiting wine. And it seems like not even the hearts really like heart Capri, which is weird because they're just all up that Giorgio guy's ass about how much they like him. <laughs> Anyways, Giorgio's like, this tastes like shit. And then the Dumont's are like, hey, I'm going to put this weird red wine vinegar that we have in the cupboard in there and try and trick him. And it's very confusing. And then uh, Giorgio tastes it again in his cellar, which is lit only by candlelight, which is totally weird. Then there's a gross food critic that is has really big teeth and is kind of icky. And there's a thing of cake. And then there's a big fight at the end. Um, and Raymond seems like he needs help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Raymond definitely seems like he needs help. Oh, wait, we have one more. We do have one okay, more. Okay. And it's, of course, from our ringers, the Sisler family players. <laughs> mm, the Sislers. The Sislers. A regular feature. The Sisler family playhouse, established 22 years ago tomorrow, presents Vintage Hearts. <laughs> Raymond and Celeste Dumont hatch a nefarious plan to commit fraud, passing off Harcabri for Chateau St. Clair. Everyone meet Matt Taylor, murder victim. Oh, man, the hearts are day drinking again? Darling, does this wine taste like I was strained through a gym sock? The Dumont's engaged in the classic let's fill the old guy with vinegar routine. Darling, we're out of food. No problem, darling. You bring the marmalade, and I'll get the Barry White album. Another news, a friend of the hearts was shot twice, and LAPD spokesman says, Duh! We, we want, want Herschel. Herschel! We, we want, want Herschel. Herschel! Hey, Giorgio, what's up? Heart Capri and Chateau St. Clair, it is the same. What the actual fuck? Raymond, that's Giorgio. That's two kills, buddy. Hope you aren't afraid of needles. Jonathan and Jennifer Hart will solve no crime before it's time. The Dumont's tell the hearts to cork off and die. Bad guy confrontation time in a tuxapalooza. Jonathan plays spin the asshole. And we end with the hearts in a beer commercial. It was, it was murder podcast. podcast. Less filling, tastes great. <laughs> wow, Yay. Sislers. Wow. Happy anniversary, Happy anniversary. anniversary. 22 years. That, On anniversary. Are they talking about their marriage, I assume, or do they actually have a playhouse? <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a community I hope theater. It's both. Yeah. It better be both. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was great. Also, one major, my favorite, I think my favorite moment of the episode, I don't think they mentioned it. Maybe they did, and I was laughing over the top of it when. The hearts go to confront the Dumonts about the wine, and then there's a big, like, yeah. platform of kegs and <laughs> wine keg bottles. Display. And he's, um, Mr. Dumont is waiting to crush them with it by undoing the rope, the one rope that's mm. hanging by. And he waits the wine stained rope. Yeah, he waits so <laughs> yeah. long, and it's so much tension. It's beautiful. It's he's a great so moment. sweaty. Yeah. I mean, his brow is like literally glistening. Like, it's like a rose at dawn there's so much beaded sweat <laughs> on raymond i mean raymond is he's on the edge and i feel like celeste saying stuff to him like god raymond spare me the histrionics over and over again doesn't help raymond's state of mind mm -mm. he is oh my god raymond is freaking out he doesn't have the constitution for this as they would say he exactly. doesn't have the constitution no. for counterfeit raymond is not cut out for criminal activity no, no, he no, was no. slowly cracking that entire episode at one point yeah. his wife points a gun at him as a joke and it was like <laughs> are you do don't you see him flop sweat like freaking out every minute of this whole episode and you're gonna 
Oh, I'm gonna shoot! I'm gonna point a gun at you. Yeah, <laughs> he was visibly shaking in the party scene. Total. Oh my Don't god! Open purse. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was yeah. Raymond. What an amazing no. Scooby Doo way to kill the hearts, though. And I guess he waited so long because he was nervous. He didn't. He didn't really want to kill them. I'm. I'm guessing that's it. But it's. Uh, I just remember the opening scene in the distribution thing. You saw that like weird loft of kegs yeah and i was like why is there a display in in the in the distribution room room. like i gotta give it to the dumont's because their plastic grape gang is strong (laughs) Uh but um it reminded me of this italian restaurant i used to go to with my parents when i was a kid Mm. like lots of plastic grapes a lot of uh, wine vibes Mm -hmm. wine bottles with candles melted over the top of them (laughs) Yes, yes, very Lady in the Tramp. Mm-hmm. We had one of those called um, Little Italy in our mall in Whitefish, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> was it actually little? It was tiny, yeah. And there was interior mall, no outdoor windows. So it was very romantic. <laughs> if it's called Little Italy, then it's just mimicking fake Italy in New York. Yeah, pretty much. Not Italy itself. I felt like I was on the streets of Venice when we would go there. <laughs> <laughs> the, streets, the streets of fake Venice. I stepped out of my parents' Subaru, which felt like a gondola. A gondola. A gondola? <laughs> gondola. Gondola. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things that I feel I want to touch upon with on, in this episode, but maybe just lightly. Maybe just slightly brush mm, just, across. Just a Chardonnay. Random touch. shit from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's- what really struck me the most, I mentioned in my Minute Max, which is that Mr... Giorgio Cabri, Signor Giorgio Cabri, just uses candles in the wine cellar at his crazy yes. Italianate, yet in Los Angeles uh, mansion. Mm-hmm. He was down there like the fucking Phantom of the Opera yes. or like <laughs> yes. the villain in the cask of Amontillado, like <laughs> on and on I could go. I could really go for a glass of Amontillado right now. Some of those shots looked like a Rembrandt painting, and then some of them looked like an after-school special, like a Wishbone episode. (laughs) 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 Some of those shots were really beautifully candlelit, and then some of them were just after-school. What about the episodes of Wishbone where he's dressed up as Rembrandt? (laughs) Maybe he's dressed as Cristobal Colon. I can't remember, but there's one where he's wearing like kind of a floppy velvet hat. Let's split the diff. Is there one with a seal Wishbone in a wall? (laughs) (laughs) In a wine dungeon. End of series finale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god <laughs> he's entombed night terror oh lord um yeah uh, so i get down with giorgio cabri although i do think it's can we just say like it's weird that the hearts are recoiling that a wine is kind of gross but it's actually their own wine see i didn't think that they were recoiling that it was gross i think they were like um this is the same wine that mm. we just drank and yeah. they were confused because wow. it's supposed to be a drastically different wine. In the first, basically the first scene we see the hearts, they figure out the entire plot of the episode. Yeah, well, the, yeah, they just have, to me. they have no clue why. And it, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to call stupid on everyone's part because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, don't you think that's the first thing you would think is like, you know, we do bottle, we do use the same bottles yeah. as Chateau St. Claire, maybe there's a mix up at the labeling stage mm-hmm. and we need uh, to figure this out. Like it just seems simple. You know to what? Me. Mm-hmm. 
It's like an evil lady Celeste Dumont once said. <laughs> Imagination is like curiosity. Yes. Dangerous to indulge in. I God. love that quote. She, I'm like, ooh, she's out Sylvie, Sylvia ing Sylvia. She is Alexander the Grape. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she was, she was the cherry version. Uh, I mm-hmm. loved her. Yes. She was the kind of. Uh, supreme villain that i've been waiting for this season like we haven't had Mm -hmm. one in a while she made the most amazing faces like smug face the way her body moved too like she was just like she was amazing all angles and withering condescension oh yes yes. oh yeah incredible and then the lipstick matched every outfit (laughs) Mm -hmm. her face was just red be it rust yeah, she's just not having it. She uh-huh. she uh, she wore the best clothes this episode, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, it's true. Jennifer Celeste had Dumont. one outfit that I was that I was particularly taken with, but the rest of it was just ho-hum. was it the glittery glittery black thing? No, it was her uh, Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation. The red, the red <laughs> outfit <laughs> with the with, with the black coat and the mi- military buttons. Uh, that was oh that yeah was yeah. My, that was the one I was like, I can't it. believe you're wearing that. Celeste is great. It's very smug face. Also, the detective, very smug face. Yeah. So, what was Uh, his name again? Alfred Wilbur Gillis. Wilbur 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 Gillis, who who we've seen twice before. Yeah. Right. Um, It seems he broke up with Darlene, or maybe Darlene just they just couldn't shoehorn Darlene. mm -hmm. Oh, he's in Murder Between Friends at the sushi restaurant. Is that him? No, 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 no. He's in. uh, He's in the Sixth Sense. Oh. And he is in. Wait, I wrote it down. Color Jennifer dead. Yep. The, the art. The art. Oh, that's the one with the sushi that's restaurant. One there at that's the Benihana. Yeah. Teppanyaki right. place. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I shouldn't say it's. With his, we don't know that it's Benihana. It could be fake <laughs> Benihana. His. I mean, charming, it's obviously fake. It's TV show, but it's Teppanyaki. Yeah. His charming girlfriend was there with him, right? Darling. Oh, yeah. I liked her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Can we, do you guys have anything to say about Matt Taylor? Matt Taylor, who, when he walked in, I was like, is this a child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, does this person have a speech impediment? <laughs> or is it a New York accent? <laughs> uh, He's from Saugus. <laughs> that's a classic Saugus accent. Uh, but mm-hmm. wow, like that was, um, yeah, uh, we'll never see him again. He's a, a very good boy. <laughs> That's He's a, a very good boy. That's what they say Curiosity about him. Killed the mat, though. Very good boy. Curiosity right? killed the mat. Oh, yes. His performance like, when he gets shot is pretty great and realistic. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. Yeah, where he, he's just shocked, right? He like pushes uh, back against the desk and then drops the phone uh, receiver. Or yeah, yeah, and then the phone drops at the same time that the gun goes off. It, it was a nice, uh, yeah. Nice setting. And he just says, "Wait, please." Got, <laughs> it's so scary. But you, you got to admit, like, there's something, you know, like swapping wine labels is not the uh, most sinister crime exper- ever experienced in the Hearts universe, right? No, really so not. It really, I really appreciate that they took it to eleven <laughs> by having a particularly gruesome. <laughs> announcement about what happened to the corpse of uh, Matt Taylor. I mean, that's fucked up, right? It's yeah. really not that fucked up. Like the, they're just like, oh, it's found in a ditch, like riddled with bullets or whatever. It's like that's sick, you guys. Like, that, I mean, that's normal any place else, but on Heart to Heart, like that's fucking gnarly for Heart to Heart. And then it's just kind of like, uh oh, things just 
oh my ratcheted God. up yeah. like greedy Celeste and weirdly uh, nervous Raymond Dumont, who looks like her brother. Is mm. it her brother? I it's her th- husband, th- right? I thought, I thought they, they were, were lovers, wife. but they never show any. Yeah, but they, they look the like siblings. Name. They do look like siblings. They do. And they, well, they're just both British. Oh, look at these smug faces. <laughs> uh, uh, Raymond. Um, his hair looked fake to me. His hair was a piece. That was absolutely okay. a piece. Yeah. Okay. But her hair Why would does you bother too? to hire someone that you put a hair piece on? Uh, well, because he's that's a, kind of a Joe question. I'm Joe right now. Why wouldn't you just what, so somebody yeah. shows up to the set and they don't have enough hair? Just a recast so, corner, but you still cast them. Yeah, when you're I mean, like the character has hair. It's Ellen's casting corner. Michael Billington was a known television actor. He was on the series UFO. He was like <laughs> he was a he's worker. Handsome. He's mm. super handsome, and that's why that's why he was hired. These I don't villains, think he needs the hair piece. He's handsome. They really aren't taking my advice of like every time you murder a person your plot just balloons out in conspiracy and loose ends every time you murder somebody just take this advice heart heart villains in the future don't murder people nah. don't no keep, like that's not if the way to tie up a loose people. end <laughs> we're you out should, of business well, you know what you should do you, is, unless you sing taking care of loose ends matter Loose ends matter. <laughs> fly to Rio. That's my advice. Who, what airline flies to Rio? <laughs> Who flies to Rio? <laughs> or Bacopa, maybe. We had another uh, notable guest star, the uh, oh, total yeah. piece of shit critic. Yeah, Jeremy Lane. Mr. Belvedere. Yep. Who, yeah. What is that from? Mr. Belvedere? Yeah. The show, the show Mr. Mr. Belvedere. Oh, okay. That's something I know nothing about. Other than oh, just wow. hearing the name Mr. Belvedere. Oh, God. Mr. Oh, Belvedere was gosh. a terrible a terrible family sitcom. Is he a rabbit? No, he's he's a British man. Oh. Hmm. With yeah. giant teeth. Is he terrible in that With show, giant too? Giant teeth, yeah. No, he's very kind he... in that show. Giant teeth like a rabbit. I can't remember Mr. Belvedere. I don't think I ever watched that. I know of the show, but I never watched it. I mean, it's kind of like a nanny-ish vibe, right? So he, like... I don't remember was was Mr. Belvedere like an insulting butler archetype or like a kind butler that helps bratty terrible rich kids butler. I d- I never watched it so I don't know. I smell a new podcast. I can't oh, remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Let's but jump I, ship of our I have not really heard Mr. Belvedere invoked. We're going to switch to a Mr. Belvedere podcast in, now, in listeners. Sorry. Um Mr. Belvedere lasted six seasons, so <laughs> we did that. Oh my god! We do another 118 Let's episodes jump out of heart to heart television. Wow! Into the I middle of Mr. Busy Belvedere. That, <laughs> I'm busy that decade. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found something that Jonathan Hart and I have in common this episode. Oh, your appreciation which of is, wine. Well, when somebody wants you to meet them at meet with them at eight o'clock. Mm. That you should absolutely be like eight o'clock that yeah. early. <laughs> yeah. I was like, finally, finally a voice of reason the in fuck? this insane episode. Well, Mr. Cabri finally. will still be up at 8 a.m. in his dungeon drinking wines. So he, right. it's like late in for his, him. His <laughs> not wired for electricity cellar. That was such a funny moment because the Dumonts were going to meet him at 9 a.m. And then Jonathan gets mm-hmm. on the phone with him and he says, meet you at 10 a.m.? Okay. And then uh, and then in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's going to find a dead body for sure. Yeah. 
and then they say eight. He says no, eight a.m. I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jonathan said. Jonathan 10 suggests ten a.m. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Capri suggests eight, so right. he can talk to Jonathan before meeting. But then he gets the cut off. Obviously, sinister Dumonts. He gets cut off, and Jonathan knows something's up, so they go immediately. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and then there's that amazing cut between his dead body and the uh, uh, the tape, tape outline. outline. Yeah, the tape outline that looked like, <laughs> <laughs> like a crosswalk guy. It looked like. Uh, St. Vincent's guitar or something like it was a weird <laughs> right just... it sort of looked like a giant wrench died <laughs> <laughs> or an anvil fell over and they yeah it, it was very Giorgio was he deserved better than that oh. he did, they did Giorgio <laughs> dirty that was a lot of hard angles for <laughs> a petite yet otherwise very soft man who knew his wine yes oh my god <laughs> I, I love the fight, the fight he got into at the at Le Restaurant with the with the waiter. Le Restaurant. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. they tried to give Le Restaurant a different name and then they roll up on it and it's clearly Le Restaurant. Yes. Mm. <laughs> like just call it Le Restaurant where Roger works. Yeah. Roger. Yeah. Roger. I mean, I'm glad Roger's still there, but yeah, I thought that was funny. And I just sort of have to wonder about Le Restaurant, because that's a restaurant that I actually want to go to. Yeah, uh, that I want to go to L'Orangerie. Like oh, that's my top bu- bucket list. I know choice. It's, I want to dress. Want to dress gone. in those colors. We'll have to open L'Orangerie. So yeah. I'm wondering, did Cabri think that they were tapping the phones? Because why can't he just tell Jonathan over the phone, "This is the same wine that you." I think been, he wanted to have, have Jonathan taste, taste an it. actual bottle. Taste it. Okay. Okay. All right. He's like, "Come down to my cellar," which is still weirdly lit by candles. Mm-hmm. Um. And but oh. of course the candles were just so that well the candles didn't make sense because Celeste cuts the power mm-hmm. and oh. so there is electric light in the cellar but Giorgio just likes the candles for atmosphere. She cuts the power in this no not in the wine cellar that's in but the she cuts the power store. to the house right she does yeah so that's why he has candles oh that's how he gets out that's right he runs away or did he call before he called before wait he was in the cellar before he called. He's in the cellar. Right. First, he's like in there with the weirdly with the candles, mm-hmm. tasting the wine. He's all, aha, yes, I'm right. <laughs> and then uh, Raymond and Celeste are there. Celeste's all creepy ass in the car, and Raymond's already somehow in the house. Mm-hmm. And she cuts the power, but Giorgio is down there by candlelight. But so I guess he just likes a little incandescent lighting and a little candlelight for atmosphere mm-hmm. because the lights, it goes dark. But then the candles are still lit just enough for you to see that Raymond is his, to quote Celeste, hysterically running up the staircase, the spiral stairs, the that which Jonathan gives up on that chase immediately, well, like before it even began. Jennifer called yeah. for him. Well, yeah, but because she found Giorgio's geometrically dressed as a wrench. Giorgio has been turned into a rhombus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I need to talk about Max leaving a note in block script about how he didn't go to the grocery store. I want to talk about this a lot because yeah. there is no way in hell that even if Max didn't go to the grocery store on one day that they had no food in that house. Mm-hmm. But they had tonic water. So I was like, well, who cares? Just have a G&T. Yeah, and ranch dressing. 
Have Kill a, the pain, have the a ranch. pangs with a G and T. Have an R and T. Instead, they <laughs> ate a jar of marmalade. <laughs> uh, marmalade each. and chutney, which is my soul duo. Oh, oh, marmalade and chutney. I produced a record with marmalade and chutney. Marmalade and chutney. <laughs> That's a horrible. It's the latest thing. Um, I yeah, I didn't really understand the why of that. I, that was not necessary. And anyone who's watched even one episode of the show knows that the Hearts House is just exploding with foodstuffs. At all times. At, yeah, always. They, uh, I mean, I, they do accidentally serve people dog food and stuff, but that's not because <laughs> the cupboard is bare. But I did sort of love that there was a giant thing of tonic water. I yeah. like that. That's yeah. good. I was really hoping, of course, this never happens, but I was really hoping that they would see there was no food and they would order Pompeii pizza. Pompeii pizza. I had the same thought. I thought it would be so cute. Like they could just say murder. It. They could just say it. With they anchovies. Could just be like, so yeah, there's no food. Pompeii pizza. Sure. What are we going to do while we wait for the pizza? Oh, I've got some ideas. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, come on. We know how to do this. Don. Don uh, Ruse. That sounds like a rewrite to me. <gasps> Don, you should have. I don't think you were a fan of the show. I'm going to start challenging wow. Don Ruse. Just <laughs> Shots yeah, fired. I, at Don. I want him to get way to do that. Don Ruse. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll concede when you come on the podcast and talk about oh my um, God. The last episode. What was Pompeii <laughs> Pizza's catchphrase? Didn't they have one? Our, our pies will leave you in ruins. Leave you in ruins. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which is like very diarrhea sounding. <laughs> also, it is. It's a hot flow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so disgusting, Pompeii. How come um, Celeste had a syringe on hand? Does it, did you get the impression that she was just murdering people all the ways? Yes. that's. I was wondering if she was going to poison him right there. That, yeah, me too. That seemed a lot more diabolical than it was because she was just putting red wine vinegar into the red wine to make it taste off. But she pushes the air through the syringe. That like cracked she me the up. Like, <laughs> yeah, as if any air got in. Can't get any air bubbles. In <laughs> yeah, you don't want any air bubbles. In the wine would die. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed that would have been a good moment rewrite to poison Cabri rather than shoot him. I think that would have been a really good. But then we wouldn't have gotten the the geometric outline. Well, you could still he, could, he would still fall over. <laughs> I think if you get poisoned, you I, I still fall like down. Poisoning him would be better. I mean, he's old, right? Yeah. So you could just give him like a heart attack or something. That's what, and it also made the whole crushing the hearts with the display of <laughs> barrels that much <laughs> the crazier. Grapes, because they have a gun. You've seen the gun a multiple times. They've shot multiple people at this point. Why are you crushing the hearts with a display case? Because if they if they were to shoot the hearts in that room, they would be the obvious suspects, and then they would be on the run for murder. Like, as opposed to currently where I have no idea how they're not the number one suspects uh, yeah. for the two people <laughs> that are found dead who are directly involved with their distribution company. Well, one an employee and the other a client. That detective was a mm. fucking idiot is why. Yeah, this was right back yeah, to the yeah. OG heart to heart cops suck uh, attitude. I also love the I mean, there's a giant paper shredder in this episode. But it's not human size, which was kind of funny. It's just still pretty large, and he's shredding the li- the old labels right yeah, after they wash them, right? One at a time, leaving them there, and then also just, just leaving is. full labels on top of the shredded labels. Like <laughs> the whole point of shredding those labels is that you can't see them, but you're leaving like full yeah, labels on. Top. He's a he's a bad man of hench. Yeah. So yeah. I I was sort of entertained at the thought that Raymond is there with very new looking black leather gloves that he's wearing 
to weirdly untie the rope that is a rope that he would have touched anyway in the Dumont distribution warehouse, the rope holding up the plastic grape arbor yeah. with the empty barrels and various bottles of whatever wine on it. And that he drops the thing on the hearts, sort of, or he tries to drop it on the hearts. And then um, he comes out from behind the stack of crates, like to be like, oh, mm-hmm. here I am. And it's like, dummy, are you OJ? You're like, you're still wearing the gloves, <laughs> obviously, right? Like two seconds pass and there gloves. he is wearing the gloves. And yep. there's never a moment where the hearts are like, ooh, like. That weirdo Raymond. That was really confusing. He's on like a man on the verge at all times. Yeah. It was confusing, right. especially because after that, the episode fades out and then comes back. And then it's as if we're in the wrap up session yeah. with the episode. And I really thought, oh, that was the end of the episode. That's how they <laughs> caught them. And I thought the episode was <laughs> over. The two parter. <laughs> it was so confusing. But then they had the whole party scene. So I didn't really understand. I was a little bit. I don't know. I was I was led astray by my own imagination, and you know Celeste has warned us about imagination, <laughs> so that, that's my bad. But Celeste, uh, because she's fake calling for Raymond as if he's in what I guess would be their gigantic office, mm-hmm. where she's like Raymond, Raymond, in her clipped uh, evil voice, and Raymond is of course just there sweating next to <laughs> the wine-stained rope like waiting, waiting, lurking, and waiting to waiting forever the hearts unconscious and or hopefully kill them with the crushing weight of plastic grapes. In his defense, that, that hairpiece was probably very hot. It was probably a very hot <laughs> rug on his head. Clearly very hot. But so she's like, yeah. oh, I don't know what's keeping Raymond. I'm like, I don't understand why they're doing that skit. Mm-hmm. Raymond can see where the hearts are standing. Mm-hmm. Celeste just comes out for no reason. Like, why wouldn't you just just untie the rope and just get it over with? That's what I'm confused about is why was there so much waiting there? I mean, at one point, Jennifer walks out from underneath it. So, of course, but then she walks straight back <laughs> and they should, they're both just standing there for so long. And he's just slowly untying yes. the rope, but also just staring at them, not even touching the rope. That was a really strange moment. He's just like kind of, mm-hmm. I guess maybe... Mm-hmm. The sweat was probably supposed to be like, he's having second thoughts. He's nervous. He doesn't want to do this. That's probably what it was supposed to be, but it was not reading that way at all. Yeah, they didn't do a very good job of making him like the the only thing they did was show him visibly cracking up, but never like Mm -hmm. he never mentions like, I'm I'm not cut out for this or I think we're doing a bad thing or I don't know if I can deal with having murdered this child that we employed mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a very good boy. Yeah. Very good boy. Very good boy. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I guess you're supposed to see that he is nervous and or fearful because he's like, let's go to Rio or whatever. Like he's obviously, and he's just like henpecked to the end of the earth by mm-hmm. Celeste, I suppose. I, I don't, I don't know. Mm. That dynamic was confusing distressing some more celeste moments at one point she answers the phone with a "Mm." oh that's right i love that (laughs) which is so great and then when jonathan and jennifer first come into the dumont shipping (laughs) offices she jonathan introduces jennifer and celeste says or jennifer says i think we met at uh what does she say we met at some wine like at napa last year yeah oh and uh oh yeah Celeste, <laughs> Celeste just says, "What does she say? How nice!" Yeah, 
says, "Yes, how nice." It was sick burn, Celeste. So yeah. that's um, so shitty. That's such you a shitty thing. Always to say. treat your employer like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> when Mister Cabri is there and he's doing the thing where he's like, "Taste this wine from France. That's supposed to be good, but it's I think it's shitty, you guys." And um, when they're uh, cleansing the palate with the bread, like Celeste puts it into Raymond's mouth, and then she looks at him disgusted and shakes her hand as if he slobbered all over her hand. Yes. And oh. that is like an epic, an <laughs> improvised moment. Another one. That was another moment where I was like, "You're fucking fantastic! Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're really doing the most with this part." And I love. She her for is it. chewing that scenery so hard. Do you it's think amazing. she was like? Yeah. She was like, "I'm better than Joan Collins. I can like." Come at me, bitches! Like I'm, totally. gonna, I'm gonna out yeah, Joan Collins, like, Joan Collins in this one. Right? She's they amazing. buy wine for the label, not the taste. <laughs> <laughs> like you fools. Yeah, that is a pretty great realistic ploy to switch those wine labels. Never thought about that before. They kind of don't they do that? That's a thing at Costco. I was told is that what's the Costco brand? Kirkland. Kirkland vodka is actually Grey Goose that they just have extra of. Somebody that used to work at Costco told me that. I don't know how it works for wine. I'm guessing it's similar to spirits where there's some distillers where they just, they make the booze and then it's branded mm-hmm. uh, different ways or they make like a, something that's like a base thing and, and maybe that's people, what it is. And they tweak it for very, like ever so slightly. And so it's, there's a, it's the difference between the distiller and then the, brand itself yeah. oh okay so, so maybe kirkland is distilled at the same place gray goose is and it's pretty much the same yeah i i've heard the Potentially, same about, i don't know that for a fact i don't know either. trader joe's bourbon is apparently like either either the maker's mark or the bullet distiller uh whatever their runoff is <laughs> i like to think and don't buy bullet anymore i don't, don't buy bullet i don't oh, yeah. I for, i'm four roses baby I like to think that there's a Celeste uh, Dumont just sitting at the Kirkland v- vodka like distribution center, just, to, just being evil, just like <laughs> being, smoking, being insane. Uh, Virginia Slims and berating a guy who's yeah. sticking labels on. I guess she'd she'd be at the yeah. Grey Goose one. I don't know. I don't know. She'd be at. The am- the amount of bread consumed in this episode, or not consumed, but the amount of bread just cut up for this episode, yeah, <laughs> was obscene. The uh, Cabri, lots of Corpus Christi happening. He cut up an entire baguette for himself, <laughs> for himself. just to taste yeah. these two wines, and I was like, respect. Yeah, right. <laughs> you European. just wanted to eat a. You just wanted to eat a baguette. And then when Jonathan <laughs> came European. came into the room, we both thought that he had just immediately grabbed a piece of that bread and put it in his mouth, yeah. right? <laughs> 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 oh god! Eight o'clock. Oh god! So okay, so he finally drops the rope. He finally drops it over the hearts. Jonathan sees right and then pulls Jennifer out of the way. Is that what happens there? I think I looked down for a second. Mm-hmm. And so the thing comes crashing down. And then Jonathan, in the roughest way, not smooth at all, says, you could say we got out from underneath a mean hangover. And this is just like, oh. Yeah. Groan. <laughs> <laughs> not a good one. Not good. Are you guys wine drinkers? <clears throat> I am I am a uh, almost exclusively a wine drinker, but not tonight. Really? I go in and out. Are you? Sorry, I just turned to look at 
a bunch of wine than to have drink, to, have, um, to have a guzzle of wine, <laughs> a jug of, a jug of wine. Hear, hear your swallow of that wine. <laughs> um, I appreciate wine, but it's not my first choice if I'm having alcoholic beverages. I love wine with food. Actually, that's how I love to drink wine. Yeah. Wine with food. I love pairings and I can appreciate it. Um, I like engaging with people about the notes in wine. I do, but I'm not like a, a connoisseur or an aficionado of any kind. What's the most money you'll spend on a bottle of wine? hundred bucks. A hundred? Yeah, I think so. Mm. What about you, Eric? Um, for me or for guests? Uh, I guess for guests. 25. Oh, 25 wow. to 30. Wow. No, that's fair. I would say, I mean, like a hundred is the most. You said the most. What's the most I would spend? Hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there's so many good wines to be had at a lower price point that why not? I, wonder, I would like to taste Hart Cabri wine. You know, my mom was a big wine drinker when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, white wine, mostly not reds. Mm-hmm. But every once mm-hmm. in a while, there was a red wine uh, open in the house. And I always got a sip because mm-hmm. I was just always very interested. How Italian. <laughs> uh, and red wine in the 80s tasted like garbage. Oh, it did? Yeah. <laughs> it tasted like vinegar. It tasted like fucking vinegar. Domestic. And, uh I of course didn't have a palate for wine at the time, so I'm sure I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but <laughs> I've after watching that documentary Mondo Vino and finding out about like the drastic changes in wine production over the years, mm-hmm. uh I I think I'm I think I'm pretty safe in assuming that wine tasted like garbage until about the nineties. <laughs> I'm assuming that Lambrusco is going to come back in a big way. Hmm. That, does that seem like a random guess? No, I, I, I love Lambrusco. loved drinking Lambrusco. And I, I know people kind of give it shit, but it's like, really, Frosé people? You're going to give Lambrusco shit? It's <laughs> so delicious. I feel like even the shittiest Lambrusco I could take down. Like, to me, cheap lam- the cheap, shitty Lambrusco, the fact that it comes in a bottle the size of my torso is all the better for me. So oh, yeah. that's mm. like one of my trashy things <laughs> that I love is Lambrusco. Mm. Um, there's just, it's just tasty great. and trashy. Yeah. I love Lambrusco. But good point. But yeah, Fuck like you, white, Frose white wine, I don't normally do what I, you guys are Frosé people. We are Frosé um, people. And we did, that. we did a white wine, like smoothie. Oh the, yeah. Last summer around yeah. the same time. Cause it was a heat wave, which is, mega heat wave right now yeah and it was so good it was really good i prefer red wines to rosés or whites but i'm finding like natural reds are kind of straddling like a taste fence for me like going kind of in between so i'm like opening up my mouth opening my palate a little Mm. bit more to white wine i feel like i was it's easier just to be like because i so vastly prefer red wines but mm. the jura that i'm talking about is absolutely a white wine mm. so i love white wine um, i feel like sherry has opened my mind a little bit more to trying white wines of different kinds and now i see the beauty in that mm. my sure. friends called me when before we moved from seattle i would go to art shows and drink a bunch of white wine so my friend calls me white wine joe sometimes because <laughs> it's like a very very happy oh, what specific a tough gang nickname yeah white wine joe <laughs> i get like a very happy specific type of drunk like a jubilant it's are really you crazy fun. white wine joe's gonna kill you <laughs> yeah white wine joe's gonna you better fuck hope us up. white wine joe never finds out <laughs> <laughs> oh shit white wine joe's coming yeah 
Uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool name. I like it. I was uh, I was for it, and I was for the white wine at that moment. And now I can't drink white wine very much anymore because it's so sweet. Yeah, I went it's, out. It's headache time. Yeah, but I have to say, like white wine, Joe is just making me imagine this very gay <laughs> version of the wire. Where's <laughs> the wire? <laughs> white wine, Joe's coming. <laughs> it's, it's Bubs and white wine, Joe. Uh-huh. Bubs is only drinking champagne. <laughs> I'm basically becoming or Lambrusco. I become Mr. Belvedere. Lambrusco. Heart Cabri. Heart Cabri. That's not to me, that's not the best name for your wine. Cabri Hearts. The end of this episode, very black tie, I gotta say. Loved it. I love it. Anytime this there's a, mm-hmm. a gun in a club. Anytime it's, it's at the restaurant. Wine. No, was this at the restaurant? It was. It was. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was. Wow. But Who they bu- kept saying it was at La- Le, Cochette. Le Cochette. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, it's like, that's not Le Cochette. That's the restaurant. <laughs> and then, so right before they go, though, the Dumonts. So I think you mentioned this earlier, but the, the quote that she does is there's he's like already wants to go to rio he wants to get the fuck out of town and she's she, celeste says you said you wanted to travel and then she pulls a gun out and yes. and points at him and says here's your passport <laughs> and then she says bang bang yeah yeah not That's funny i love funny. Mean. i love that Reverse. moment because of how intense she's being but i don't understand why she did that at all i thought for a minute she was gonna kill him i thought so too and i was like wow what an interesting twist because how are they going to get out of this? Yeah, what is she going to do? <laughs> is she going to kill herself? I mean, she really... Uh, she should have uh, killed him. Raymond's like beyond the weak link. To talk mm-hmm. strategically, yes, she should have killed him. Mm-hmm. But um, don't kill people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She emasculates Raymond so hard because she references, she's like, I'm funny that way. I don't, I don't like hysteria. And then she tells him to spare her the histrionics. And it's like, Okay, Celeste, we got it. Okay. Mm. Like, you don't think Raymond's a man or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, but she's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's, his, it's her sister, Raymond. Maybe. Uh, the fight was pretty incredible. Yeah. Because... The fight was amazing. When Jennifer picks up the gun after it gets knocked out of his hand, Jennifer picks up the gun and then Celeste grabs her arm and they're just shooting into bullets into the ceiling of the restaurant, mm-hmm. waving around. Mm. And then the uh, food critic, Mr. Belvedere, grabs Celeste's ankle with his cane and yes. rips her down <laughs> and she falls. And then somebody else who's already on the floor grabs her, I think, right? Well, she she falls and then she's just, she's just unconscious. Out. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. yeah, and then they grab the gun back. That was so great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Moment. And then I love the look on Jennifer's face when she has the gun. Yes. <laughs> she's like, hell yes. <laughs> and then yeah. Mr. Belvedere holds a uh, bottle of champagne that bursts open. In a very cute moment. Yeah. He redeems himself a little bit with that to me. Kind of. He was gross. I like that though. He was gross. <laughs> that was, I mean, that it was, he was gross. He was gross in the service of, the hearts though so it was kind of like they were yeah. they knew what yeah. they were getting into to be gross. like yeah. she, he wasn't bothered by jennifer giving him shit which i thought was delightful yeah right and a celebrity in your own yeah. right oh yeah. my god i that always love so it when jennifer weird. gives people shit but that was like a real nice one <laughs> I, so jonathan's like introducing him or something and then he says you're you're one of the greatest food critics in los angeles and he says and a celebrity in my own right. 
go on, Jonathan. And it's like, whoa, that was very confusing. <laughs> like little well, they shitty already, moment. They already made him gross when they were like, oh, I heard about, he's like, I heard about uh, Cabri's death. It's almost put me off my appetite. And then he just shovels he food just shovels into his food. Because <laughs> <laughs> fat people are bad. Yeah, fat We've people learned. are bad. But uh, <laughs> that's not true. And food critics are fat. <laughs> not true and not true. No, not definitely true. not true. But that's what you learn from watching uh, TV and movies. Another rope note. My favorite moment. Celeste says, maybe Jonathan is trying to learn the ropes, but the ropes may have tricks of their own. Oh, and it's like that yeah, doesn't that make weird. sense of course <laughs> I'm like oh I hope Celeste is an evil magician also yeah <laughs> like snake ropes that she brings all my dreams to life. are coming true yeah, yeah. True. like she just starts doing rope magic yes I like, love to that. distract them while Raymond like I don't know <laughs> tries to hit people over the head with more plastic grapes mm-hmm. um, I have to say I sort of love it in the last in the closing scene when Jennifer says you know I'm an old six packer Yes. Oh. Like, I don't, but it's that, cute the way you're playing with freeway. That, uh, that was ending, cute. the the wrap up scene was wonderful. It was perfect yeah, to really me. Good. There yeah. was there was Jennifer playing with freeway on the bed. Yeah. The way that people play with their dogs, which mm-hmm. is so totally. great. And then the beer, I thought was really charming. I didn't get the musical cue. <laughs> um. But I also like that he he called it Chateau de Milwaukee or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I for me like there's a million things that I love about that scene that mm. in real life, which is I love to play with dogs. Yeah. I love to drink beer and eat cheese in bed. I can live without kiwi. Mm. Was that cheese? I thought it was pineapple. I, don't I thought it, it was all. Fruit. No, it looked like a block of cheese that she pulled out of that fruit. Plant. I thought it was, it was like a, a hunk of Swiss cheese. I thought it was a pineapple spear. That, that's that just made my mouth hurt. That fruit plate. I was like, oh, the no. idea. Well, that's. I thought it was all fruit because it was. why would you put kiwi on cheese? You would not. Well, I thought it was che- a cheese and fruit plate. Well, she, I didn't look at it very closely. Well, what Jennifer, I did notice Jennifer pulled something out. I was like, oh, she's eating a piece of pineapple. But then no, I was like, no, that's a block of cheese. Yeah. And it's a huge block of cheese. That's awesome. If, that's, cheese. if yeah. that was a block of cheese right on, that's so good. <laughs> I guess maybe I just was seeing what I, you know how they say you see what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a giant piece of cheese a dog and a beer in bed yay yay the other day so, sorry tangent time uh the other the other day i guess it was last <laughs> week when when trish was coming over i bought a a very modest a small little hunk of uh truffle sheep's milk cheese mm-hmm. which the name of is escaping me and some nice crackers and i was like oh me and trish can have cheese and crackers that'll be cute and mm-hmm. uh then I opened that thing of cheese the next morning and ate the whole thing by myself <laughs> while I watched Hacks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then I told Trish, I ate the guest cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was uh, delicious. <laughs> guest cheese. The guest cheese is you know, better. The guest cheese is always better. Because it's forbidden. It's like that guest soap you guys ate. at. <laughs> mm, that was delicious plug Ugh. no no i'm gonna beep that out yeah beep that out oh <laughs> we don't not talk about <laughs> on this podcast no. <laughs> i have one last note oh when jennifer she says something about seeing the dumonts at that party and then turns around they're walking up to there and then she like visibly gasps and then turns around i thought that was a great moment that's really funny if they didn't think that you suspected them before they definitely do now <laughs> so great job <laughs> they were also the dumonts were like 
glaring at them so menacingly well, that she was entire time. Clutching her little clutch to, with was, the gun in it. She was stroking it. She, yeah, too. she was, was like going to kill them. <laughs> I don't know what the plan was there. Just shoot them both and run away. I know there's not enough bullets in that gun to take care of the room. You so know I'm, how fucking how many loose ends you have to deal with if you shoot somebody in the middle of that room. Yeah, how it's like thirty mm, loose ends. They had to no. Murder. <laughs> they had no plan. This was this was a terrible plan. Yeah, they were. And and to be fair, they're counterfeiters. Like they're yeah, they're not master criminals. They're just they're not even counterfeiters. They're just like wine distributors. Yeah, <laughs> they're just ripoff artists. Yeah, they're logistics people with a taste for murder. I like it when anybody freaks out and just thinks the answer is to murder every single person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> They just enjoy murder. <laughs> Nobody lives forever. I think, I mean, Celeste just enjoys murder. Yeah, people die every day. I We've learned that. This room is beautiful. A rewrite I would do, if I may, is have less of the episode take place in that dingy, like, shipping room and have more of the episode take place running through a vineyard and then mm-hmm. having a truck or my how i wish they tried to kill the hearts rather than the rope thing is they that the hearts were driving behind a wine truck and they were through wine bottles at their car to like oh. try to get them to drive off a cliff that would have been, been great i thought that would have been a really cool scene if they if they were throwing like champagne bottles and yeah. they were just exploding, exploding it'd everywhere. be really big and dramatic yeah that would have been, and then the cork pops out and hits the guy in the face, and he yeah. falls out of the truck. <laughs> uh, rewrite. So I think that would have been exciting, and just more vineyard scenes, less dingy storage rooms. Except scene. that it's not about vintners. True. This episode is it's legit about, about evil wine distributors. <laughs> it's true. You're right. It's not about maybe like winemakers in the slightest. Maybe if the whole thing could have taken place in Napa, if it could have been a travel episode and they were just that's where the the shipping place was. They went to a vineyard instead of La Restaurant. Yeah, I think that would have been a little bit that the the opening shot of the Napa, California. Yeah, I I thought, oh, yay, we're we're on location, at least in Central California. Like, yeah, (laughs) I guess they they blew their budget on fake France. Yeah, they really did. Um, that's my last note. Call it well, faux France. Faux France. Well, then it's time for pick your poke, Raymond. Oops, Raymond. But Cabri had a mustache. Raymond, is that your poke, Raymond? <laughs> Raymond was. <laughs> so who do you choose, Eric? Raymond. Raymond was smoking hot. Smoking, smoking, smoking hot. Now look at Cabri though. No, Cabri looks like a muppet. He's got a mustache. Cabri. Uh, Cabri was my poke, and then I saw Raymond, and I was like, damn! Yeah, him in that business thing, leaning up against... There were some really great shots. Of, yeah, he's so striking. Yeah. Like, he just looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Very and then handsome. I found photos of him from, from, like, the 70s, and that was the end of that. Oh, that's right. That was him. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, Raymond... Yeah, no, he's handsome. I also choose Raymond. Okay. <laughs> Ellen, do you want to choose one? Uh, I feel like everybody might know what I'm going to say. Uh, Celeste? Celeste's white fur coat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the detective. Celeste's yeah. white fur coat. Her Cruella de Villa. That is de Villa. it. Cruella de Villa. I was so excited coat. when the coat shows up again. Yeah, they, I'm, I was glad they used it twice. I wanted wine to yep. get spilled on it. A collarless fur coat is a real look. Oh, yeah. Really nice. How nice. Ellen, did you have any other notes? No, I don't. That's it for us. All right. Well, then we're going to do ratings. Zero to five hearts. I start and I 
I don't know about this one. There's a lot of stuff I liked about it. I liked how the plot made sense. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> bars low, <laughs> bars low, people. I like that too. But I, I didn't like how simple the plot was. It was, and they drug it out so long. But I did like Raymond's breakdown. I just wish they would have focused a little bit more on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This one was this one was a little boring to me. I'm giving it a three. Ooh, I am going to do a five. Really? Yes, because I thought it plucked along at a great pace, <laughs> and I think it might have to do with the same writer writing this episode without getting just shredded by the censor, as in our was that that was the last episode, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Where we he obviously in Dixieland hearts or whatever, uh, <laughs> that writer I think this one was more his full vision. Also, this villain was great. I loved her so much. I wanted more of her, and she just really did a great job at that performance. It was, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, uh, her quotes, her little things, black tie, uh, super fun. The Scooby Doo ness of that rope falling thing (laughs) i love that uh it's about wine which is very black tie very fun and i just thought it clipped along at a really nice pace i I, I never really got bored and there were some delightful moments and i think it's a really good episode it's a really well-rounded episode of heart to heart nice ellen i give it a three Mm. yeah Mm. (laughs) Um, it's a three for me because normally i mean like i love Anything that has to do with drinking or food, obviously. But Celeste is really the thing that I love the most about this episode. And while they give her star turn after star turn, and she's just chewing the scenery, like I said, it's just not quite... Yeah, there's just not... I don't think the episode built the kind of suspense that would have really made it pop for me. You know, like, I didn't necessarily get the real sense of the danger that Mr. Cabri was in, you know, I think it could have been like, it could have had a little more moments (laughs) in it. And that would have taken it to a four or potentially a five for me. Mm. But I do, and this is nothing to do with the quality of the episode or my rating, but I just have to acknowledge that I love that the episode is about evil wine distributors. (laughs) Yeah. Because everywhere along the supply chain are distributors. And so I just love the thought of there being sinister distributors just across the board with every single product imaginable that there are just sinister (laughs) (laughs) distributors. Yeah. So I got to give it to the DuMonts, a glamorous name for a not so glamorous job. but yeah, evil wine distributors, thumbs up, really random take on uh, distribution, wine culture in general and yeah. kind of unexpected, mm. I think, given all the, the chances that the heart's lifestyle affords for black tie activities, mm. distribution is maybe not where I would have gone. So I like that. It's just kind of weird. Mm. Um <laughs> And I love, I love the du- the Dumonts together. It's just very strange. So there we go. But it just didn't quite, I think quite when, yeah. click for me. I think when you said how crazy it is that these dis- 
distributors are willing to murder for their wine label that's what kicked it from a four to a five to me (laughs) just how ridiculous that really is that it's like you could like what's the maximum penalty for Relabeling wine and selling it at a higher price. Yeah, like it's, right. And it's Jennifer says as much. Like we should call the police and and yeah, have them. But it's like, just what do you get? Probation. That's like a little bit of money. That's a little bit of money. It's, it's, it's consumer money. fraud. You get like a fine, and it, is it a felony? I guess it's probably a felony. And well, it's a, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's consumer fraud. And if the the wine is sixty dollars a pop, they it's well into into felony territory. Right. But yeah, it's just. Super they would get like probation. <laughs> like, they'd get you like a, a million fine. percent kill everybody. In the <laughs> yeah. here they were willing to like cancel the eighteen-year-old's life. <laughs> they, they canceled his future <laughs> to like continue relabeling wine bottles. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Vintage Hearts gets 11, 11 hearts. That's a heart attack. Heart attack. Well done. Well done. I agree. I just yeah. You know. chin chin yeah i don't know i i liked it enough yeah i i, I liked that it was concise uh but i didn't like that it was <laughs> yeah it was like maybe it's because i understood I it that's it's why just, i'm gonna yeah. be five partially it and just <laughs> went back and forth too much i think there were too many characters maybe there was like two, two i was just gonna say the character the like the extraneous character superfluous character of the food critic and i didn't mind and the cop, I didn't mind them because they were such characters and I thought they added to the episode and they didn't con- convolute it. I thought they, mm-hmm. even though they sucked as people, them bouncing off the hearts is really funny to watch. Like them dealing with this shitty food critic and this shitty cop. I love watching that. So yeah. I think that even adding these superfluous characters worked in this because they didn't do anything. Those no. characters really like no, they were kind of comic relief or and it wasn't convoluted the way they added them and the like and it didn't feel like filler to me. It was like these funny characters that are part of the wine scene or the I guess the food critic guy. So I liked it. I feel like I don't usually say this. Like you guys are much more keyed in on pacing of episodes than I ever am. Mm-hmm. This one's just a little plodding. Like I said, I just needed a little more juice. And I think that would have easily taken it to a five for me if there was just more of a sense of Giorgio being in in danger. Because if you're going to be sinister wine distributors dropping all of these (laughs) like extra evil, like supposedly clever or whatever sayings like Celeste is, I mean, she's just strafing the room with these uh, bon mots, right? But it's just like, uh, I just need Giorgio to be more afraid or something. There's just never like that moment, but it wasn't the kind of, of thing where it just, just didn't, the evil just didn't quite click. Mm. Yeah. Me. It reminded me a lot of, uh, I f- I'm spacing her name, the car room with different weather. What Karen. Was? Karen. Karen. Yeah. So the, ult- the ultimate, they're basically, <laughs> these two people are using Karen. their vocation. They're using their, to murder people. Like they're, yeah. they're not, it's not like a means to an end. They're not, murdering people as a solution they want the murdering for them i think is the end goal because they're psychopaths and they just want to have fun murdering people but they're Mm -hmm. and they're using these weird ploys as justification for doing that but i think they just like murdering people (laughs) that's the sense i got from these characters i think i would have liked it more if they're if they had cut out the cop Mm -hmm. uh and spent all the time that the cop is in the episode on celeste uh, emasculating and badgering Raymond, <laughs> like like I agree. Ba- like showing his breakdown, yeah, 
practically would have been great to me. I, I think I would yeah. have been really into that. I would have liked mm-hmm. that too. As yeah. A, yeah, as opposed to or, just like he's just suddenly freaking the fuck out at the end of the episode. Like mm. he runs from that panel to grab the gun, like knocking over a table. It was completely chaotic and wonderful, but it was like it didn't feel earned. It, it, it happened, and I was so shocked that it happened. Yeah, yeah. I think they were positing like Celeste beratings of Raymond as that was meant to establish the fact that he really was such a a bundle of nerves or whatever right but it didn't quite work because celeste that just seemed like her character would be someone that would try and control people with her air of superiority she does it to jennifer like joe was saying so it's kind of like it didn't quite click in that sense for me anyway and i feel like yeah like i think again if they had been more menacing or i could have done with with giorgio being I don't know of of just more buildup of Raymond and Celeste, like realizing that Giorgio is blowing the whistle on them and whatever. And like the Matt Taylor thing also, I think could have been played for a little more suspense. Although I like, like the random off screen, like murder thing, but yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, it just, I wouldn't go so far as to be like missed opportunities across the board, but I think that it could have been fleshed out a little bit more with the time that was spent having, Dodo Dodo uh, Wilbur Gillis uh, in there, like, yeah, yeah. Mr. Too Belvedere. much, too much screen time to to play on the all cops are dumb. A cad uh, versus <laughs> you know, a cad. So, yeah. Well, Ellen, what are we doing next? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, originally airing on March 30th, 1982. Next week, we will be experiencing <laughs> Hearts, Line, and Sinker. Oh. <laughs> the Hearts weekend getaway becomes a nightmare when they attempt to rescue a framed young man from the clutches of a murderous sheriff. Whoa. Wow. Okay. ACAD. You A-cam. better hope, ACAD. <laughs> ACAM. Do they go to Hawaii? Is it another aquatic themed episode? No. Mm, okay. Mm. <laughs> they don't have- go to Hawaii. Another Sixth Sense episode of the hearts knowing who's innocent immediately and then just like following that sensation <laughs> through the whole episode without doubt. That's what I'm predicting for that episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We shall see. We don't do predictions. That's not one of our segments. So nope. we have erased all Stop the Stop erasing psychics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've erased them. They're gone. Well, thank you all for listening again. Um, <laughs> to Vintage Hearts. Vintage Hearts. Thank you, Sister Family Playhouse oh, yeah. for the Minimax. Thank we you. love those. That was great. Happy, Happy anniversary. anniversary. <laughs> you, you've chosen your pokes. <laughs> for life. Pokes 22 for years life. ago, <laughs> you chose your pokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would like to comment on this episode or any other episode uh, of the show or the podcast, you can do that on Instagram at it was murder pod or on Twitter at it was murder pod, or you can email us at it was murder pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, please- um, sorry on the Sisters again. I love that. They called out darling. Yeah. That? <laughs> they called out the darlings because the hearts say darling all the time. They do. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> uh, please rate and review us when, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, we got a few new ratings. That was really Ooh. nice. Thank you, whoever. Oh, we did? That's nice. Threw up a couple One more. Were they not, wait, were five they nice? Star, they were. They were five oh, stars. Okay. <laughs> they did not write reviews, however. So, uh, But that's, that's fine. 
if you're having trouble finding the episodes, just Google the title and it will come up. It's usually on Daily Motion. Send your minute maxes. I'm happy if it's just the Sizzlers, but if you're yeah. if you're dying to do it, please do it. If you have a family playhouse for 22 years, yeah, competing playhouses. I love it. I want to know if you're con- as confused as I am about most of these episodes this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Are you not. as confused <laughs> yeah, as Joe? Probably not. Please write to us. Are you as confused as I am about <laughs> this series? <laughs> well, over a nice cold beer, Freeway got kicked off the bed. Oh, yeah. Freeway. But I don't think he sleeps in their bed anyway. He goes to a chair and just stares at them when they close the door. Good night, Freeway. Mm, Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Remember that imagination is as dangerous as curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) 